Uh, I think it's got to be like your your moleskin notebook or your Ray-Ban sunglasses, something like that. (laughs) Something like that. You're right. Say, for instance. Oh, jeez. Ah, damn it. (laughs) Welcome to Archispeak, a fortnightly podcast about all things architecture. My name is Evan Troxel, and I'm one of your hosts, along with Neil Pan and Cormac Phelan. Have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the profession of architecture? Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and don't know what you're getting yourself into, or perhaps you know exactly what it's like because you've been working in the profession for a long time, and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about our passion, architecture. It's time for some Archispeak. Welcome to episode 96 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Archispeak is sponsored by Arcat. Check out all the features they offer at arcat.com. And next up, we have some friends of the show to announce. We have three brand new friends of the show this episode. The first is Holton Jones, and Holton is in Lafayette, Louisiana, and he is a 23-year-old student of architecture, and he goes to ULL, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And uh, we appreciate you becoming a friend of the show, and it sounds like he is all the way through the episode. That's awesome. We appreciate the note, and uh, we are super excited to have you as a listener. Next up, we have another new friend of the show, who is Brendan Bowen, who is in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And uh, so let's see, episode number 21 has a way to go, but he is uh, a recent grad. Podcast is one of his most valuable resources. You know, I've actually heard that from somebody else. So that's very cool to hear. Uh, We really appreciate it. So got a lot of work to do there listening to more podcasts, Brendan, but uh, we wish you the best. And thanks again for becoming a supporter of the show and a friend of the show. Our final friend of the show for this episode is Douglas Peterson Hui. I'm hoping I'm saying that right, and he is up in Ontario, Canada. He is building a tiny house on the opposite side of Canada, Vancouver Island, which is super cool. I just visited his uh, website, which is islandlifetinyhomes.com. Very inspiring. I'm totally jealous. So uh, thanks, Douglas, for becoming a friend of the show. We really appreciate it. A third-year student in uh, studying architectural science. So that's awesome. Uh, we love hearing about what everybody's up to. And if anybody else wants to become a friend of the show, drop us a note and help support the show. We are partially listener-supported, so we appreciate any donation that helps make this show possible. You can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. Any donation over $5, you can choose to have your name read on the air. And uh, if you leave us a nice note, we love hearing about it. So... Head on over there to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate and become a friend of the show. Now, I'm not sure, but I may be reading this wrong, but I think Doug was inter- inviting us to go to Vancouver Island yeah, to I was check thinking out his... I could be That wrong, could be but... a cool retreat. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> We're on our way, Doug. So he's designing a tiny home, and it looks like I see a picture on the site here of a, of a one on wheels, which is how most tiny homes that I've I've seen are, because... 
building codes, right? So, uh, very cool. I'm designing a trailer too, but not a not a home, but more of a trailer. But I we should we should chat sometime and swap ideas. Very cool stuff. So he's got a team up there. There's a, a bunch of people on their website. So very cool. All right. So this uh, episode, we wanted to do something a little bit uh, hey, actually, different, Evan, a little be- summary. Yeah, be- go ahead. Before we get to that, uh, let's talk oh, uh, yeah. uh, briefly about our AIA chat that we hosted recently. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, the AIA National invited us to host their monthly Twitter chat, and we worked uh, back and forth with them to establish a topic, uh, which we decided on licensure, and asked a bunch of questions on it, and it was like drinking from a fire hose, but a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. Neil, you have to tell the story about the behind the scenes, what was going on with you. Okay, well, all right. Because so, it never it didn't ever come across in the chat. I mean, it, obviously, no, so we didn't have time. No. But you should you should give the behind the scenes, okay, so like play by play. The behind the scenes. So briefly, it was basically less than ten minutes before the chat was to start. I had reserved a conference room in the office I work at, and I go downstairs to the conference room, and this giant twelve foot long table is completely full with product samples and there's like half a dozen people in this room and they're having a meeting right when I had scheduled the room. So there was no way I was getting that room. There's two other conference rooms in the office. I went to both. They were both occupied. We have another office space that's used as a kind of a temporary conference space and that was occupied. And essentially within about two or three minutes of this whole AIA chat starting, I had nowhere to go. So <laughs> it's a good thing you're a runner, Neil. <laughs> yes. So I ended up having to run back upstairs um, and going back downstairs out to my car in which I probably Why did you left. have to go back upstairs, Neil? Because um, uh, I'm not really sure. you forgot your keys. Well, yeah, that was after <laughs> I left the building and then to go to my car and realizing that I had left my keys upstairs. So I couldn't get back in the back door because that is a key fob only entrance. And my keys, of course, were inside the building. So I had to run all the way around the building, back through the front door, back upstairs to my keys, then back out to my car all the while while the AIA was calling me uh, to because we were on the phone with the AIA during the whole Twitter chat so we could work back and forth. And uh, so essentially, I made it to my car with about a minute to spare turned on the air conditioning, sat in the passenger seat with my iPad on my lap with my phone next to it with a conference call with Evan and the AIA National all the while doing the Twitter chat. <laughs> that was awesome. And and the the funny thing was like, right, what, what could go wrong did go wrong, first of Abs- all. And yes. then the other thing is what's kind of eye-opening, I think, about the whole thing is just how much goes into the logistics behind this whole AIA chat. Yes. So this phone call's going on, it's a party line, there's lots of people talking back and forth, coming up with getting the timing right, and who's saying what, and we're talking about engagement and all the internet buzzwords. And, uh, and, and meanwhile, you're just trying to pay attention to what people are saying and right. engage with them. So it, there's a lot going on. And so I'm, I'm glad that there was more than one person participating, because I can't imagine... And I know some people do it on their own, and uh, that's got to be a huge amount of work. Um, or, you know, a lot of stuff just falls through the cracks because you can't possibly keep up with it all. Like you said, it, it is like drinking from a fire hose. There's just tons of people 
answering each question and then they start talking with each other and conversation shoots down different rabbit holes off to the sides and pulls back together and it's all over the place but we will put a, a link to the Storify story that AIA put together, which kind of chronologically puts the whole thing into order and everybody who participated and all the questions and answers. And it's a really cool uh, resource online where you can put together all these different posts from different social media channels into one place and kind of chronologically tell a story as it happened and as it unfolded. So it's pretty neat. And they put that together, and I think they came out with it uh, early this week. So definitely something worth checking out if you missed the AIA chat or if you needed to go back and reference it because it did kind of fly by that hour that hour went by fast it did it did go by fast what i'm most amazed at is that we were able to pull this off essentially from the passenger seat of my car from a cellular connection uh from an iPad and my iPhone all at the same time pretty amazing the technology that we have to be able to do something like this. It, it was pretty outstanding. Yeah, so. very cool. And so, yeah, thanks to AIA again for inviting us to be a part of that. And uh, it seemed to be really well received and we we would obviously love to do it again. So if, uh, if you're listening to this show and you participated, uh, give a shout out on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag AIA chat. The nice thing about hashtags is they don't expire they just keep on going and they'll use it again next month for another topic but until then uh, anything that happens with the hashtag AIA chat will still fall under kind of that conversation that we we've already had going on and it doesn't have to end when the AIA chat is ending at uh, you know once it goes through that hour people kind of continue and they have tweets have continued to kind of trickle through regarding that topic so pretty cool stuff yeah it was great and thanks, thanks again to the AI. It was it was a blast doing it, and even though we had a little uh, technical difficulties getting it started, it was, we still got it started on time, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun to actually do and participate in. So and we did have some listeners who thankfully gave us some crap for starting one or two minutes late. That was really nice. Yes, yeah. you know who you are. <laughs> and all the while you guys were uh, herding cats, I was in a pre uh i guess a pre-submission meeting for a pedestrian <laughs> we're about bridge. to go into submission yeah well <laughs> actually surprisingly enough it went great Good. sat down apparently the bridge that i'm designing conforms to st louis county uh department of transportation standards so i'm Excellent. halfway there nice congratulations that's been a bear of a project i know it has <laughs> now if i can only cut a you know a little over a million dollars off of it will be good. Nice. Oh, maybe we can raise some donations for it. Less rebar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Less rebar. Less steel. Let's make it lighter. Yeah. Lighten it why up. Does, why does it bend? <laughs> but will it bend? All right. So for this episode, we wanted to do something a little bit uh, more fun and lightweight, continuing on our theme of summer vacations and, and all the fun stuff that's been going on and talk about our favorite tools. And so when I threw this topic idea out, there's no, uh, there is definitely not any kind of architectural bent to this. So if that happens, it just happens because that's the way we think. And uh, if it doesn't happen, it's because they're really our favorite tools that don't have anything to do with architecture. So it was open to interpretation. It does not have to be any specific line of work or 
particular use or, you know, any, I don't know. I don't know another way to say it. It doesn't have to be anything in particular. So uh, I guess I'm going first here with my, my tool you number one. To. Yeah, got to go first. So my first and most favorite tool that I've used over the last few years, this is something that has uh, always interested me, and I kind of, I guess about four years ago, since my anniversary just happened here, uh, right before Neil. I got married. Is it Neil? <laughs> you said my four years ago. My favorite tool is the deal tool. Yeah, so uh, it's my Olympus OMD EM5, which is my camera, and uh, it's nice. uh, it's a it's a great little camera. It's a mirrorless. It's a micro four thirds mirrorless camera, and so it's uh, it's lighter weight than a DSLR, but the quality is arguably um, you know it's really nice. So the yeah. photos that I shoot, my nice photos, I take with this I capture with this camera and there's been a few models since then the newest one is the Mark II which a friend of mine has which I have kind of gear envy for right now because it does some other cool stuff um but the Olympus camera I've always loved kind of the image quality that Olympus has have you've seen it Cormac when you came out to visit and I took yeah. it to the AIA convention and I I love shooting with this camera because uh it works really well in low light and if you head over to my website you can see some of my photos cuz I I would love to uh, always be working on my photography. I, I wish I had more time. But uh, if you head over to my website, you can. we'll put a link to that. You can see some of the photos on there. Some of those are from my iPhone, too. But um, I love this camera. I love the image quality. I love what you can do with the photos uh, that I capture in here. And probably the coolest thing that I do with this is one of the most meaningful projects that I do every year is end of the year slideshow and it's not something that is for public consumption it's just for personal consumption within our household here it's just kind of something that we do that's a a a standard thing that tradition that we do every year and on on the first of the year we always watch our year of pictures and so this is a, a cool thing that we started four or five years ago now probably before i got this camera actually but uh it definitely becomes one of those those traditions that the kids love, and my wife and I kind of have this catalog now of five years' worth of photos that are in video form, and so I do the music and the slides, and I mean, it's getting out of control. Last year, it was like an hour long, so um, it's getting epic, but, and it's a ton of work. Holy crap, it's a ton of work, um, but, but it's a really cool way to kind of go back through the years and uh and watch like we'll watch every slideshow each year now which is pretty fun to do so we're totally watching the kids grow up again every year and uh all the different adventures that we do so like this year there's going to be tons of lake powell photos in there and um usually there's you know every one of our big road trips gets in there and it's so fun and uh it's like i said it's probably the most meaningful thing that i do um it's outside of architecture for sure and and it's totally personal. So that's my first tool. Very cool stuff. Awesome. All right. Yeah. yeah Neil, what you got? Uh, I got a camera as well, but this one does a little bit more than just take photos. One of my favorite tools, uh, since you didn't give me any sort of uh, limits on what I could choose. Oh, hell, it's his iPhone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I just, I, when... When when you first suggested this, Evan, the, there were a few things that came to mind right off the top of my head, and so I just stuck with those those three items. 
There you go. And the very first one was my iPhone. I thought, what is the tool that I use morning, noon, night, and to do my business off of? And 300 uh, times throughout the day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, this thing is one of the most used devices that I have, right? I mean, we use it to communicate, to talk about show topics, right? We we message each other back and forth. Uh, I... Uh, run my business off of it. Um, it can you communicate. run with it. I run with it. Yeah, it <laughs> tracks all my runs. Um, it's it's just the most useful, versatile tool that I have. It's completely replaced my point and shoot camera because I'm not a super photographer like you are, and I'm totally jealous. But um, but you still do some pretty damn good photos with it. Yeah, and it's actually. <laughs> It's actually a good camera, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's become a great camera, actually. I think it's probably better than some of the first point-and-shoots I ever had. But um, it, it's just such a versatile tool. And, and, you know, and it's a phone, right? I mean, you can you can talk to people. But I, I think for me, it's, it's mostly messaging and staying in touch with people and running my business. Like uh, earlier today, um, I needed to reference some drawings actually the from a former project of mine and i could just do that right off my phone and so i could reference it type out the message right on the phone and send it and i'm just done i mean so for me it's a very useful tool uh that i can do so many different things with so to me that that was the first thing that came to my mind yeah that one's kind of like the the no crap these things are amazing. You're living in the future. You can do anything with them. And, and I think that it, it was definitely a consideration for my list. It didn't make my list because it was too obvious. I mean, I knew one of you guys was going to pick it. <laughs> so I actually knew Neil was going to pick it. So, yeah. So it didn't make my list, but I, I, I can't disagree with, with anything that you said. And it, it is kind of like one of those things that it's like, how did, how, how do you live without one nowadays? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you're right, Neil, it's, it's replaced my point and shoot Canon and love it. Takes great photos, but I always walk around with it in my hand and my phone in my hand. And I always wonder, why do I have two fo uh, cameras? <laughs> I just, just, just use the iPhone. Now, you know, it's got its limitations, but for the most part, even this 6S has got a really damn good camera. Yeah, it does. And I've almost exclusively stopped taking photographs on anything but it. I, I force myself to take pictures with the, the Olympus because I feel like it makes me a better photographer. Yeah. And obviously having interchangeable lenses is a bonus a lot of the time. But um, But it's just one of those things where I want to make it an art. And I do that with my iPhone all the time. But... Uh, there's just something about swapping out the tool and working with a different set of constraints. What I love about the iPhone, especially as a camera, is like just all the other uses of it besides taking pictures of my surroundings. Like you use it to scan receipts. You use it to take pictures of serial numbers. You use it to, to do all kinds of weird stuff that we never would have thought of 10 years ago when well, it, before it and came And I out. also use it in the office. It's replaced my calculator. It's so and many things, yeah. It also replaced my old architectural calculator that I have, that I still have, actually, that does feet and inches and all of that. I have an app now that 
basically does that function. I have another app that I can use. I just used actually a couple of weeks ago when I was on a job site and I needed to figure out the pitch of a roof. And so I just stepped outside. I used a, a pitch. I forget what the app's called, Pitch Factor or something. And literally just you look through the uh, lens of the camera and then you just tilt the phone to what the the roof is and it tells you what the pitch is. That's really cool. Like, oh, it should be. This it is should be. Awesome. It should so be called Pitch Slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, it's it's called Pitch Factor. So if anybody's looking for it, I, I don't recall if I had to pay 99 cents for it or something, but it's like, what a great tool to, to, to have available. And I use it to take site photos and it's such an indispensable tool. It's, it's the modern day computer in your pocket, essentially. All right. Obvious. Okay. Move on next, Cormac. <laughs> oh, so it's mine. Yes. I kind of struggled with these. These, I mean, tools, hell, it could be anything, right? It could be you anything, know? yeah. I mean, I'm about to uh, spend the weekend using some tools to uh, do a brake job and everything else. And I was like, hmm, I use tools like that all the time. But no, favorite. But what's my favorite? Yep. And and so I started to really, I mean, really rack my brain on, on some of this stuff. And I started thinking about what are the tools that have not only stuck with me, and have been kind of tried and true. These have been things that have, in a way, saved my life. You know, you always talk about that tool. Oh, this tool is a lifesaver. Some of them actually have. The first one, it's it's kind of a combo, sort of redundant, because they're more or less one of the same thing. But much like the iPhone, trying to find that Swiss Army kind of tool, well, mm -hmm. I'm using the Swiss Army knife. Oh, I nice. was right. Swiss Army, but <laughs> not just... But not just the Swiss Army knife. Uh -oh. what, I, what I also carried with it, which it really, I, I struggled between these two. I'm like, okay, which one do I like? I was like, no, I've got to, there, there's stories behind both of these tools. Mm. And it's not, it's, it's a combo tool for a number one, not, you know, number one and number two. And the other one is the Leatherman Wave. I, I was I was wondering about the the Leatherman angle because that's one of my uh, one of my favorites. Not it's not on my list today, but so the so the Leatherman we used to call it the Patriot tool because we were you know Patriot missile and almost everybody had one. One of the one of the reasons why this is actually the number one tool is we were putting out some Constantina wire. Uh, this was during Desert Storm, and we were setting up our position and got to protect it. So we've got bunkers, and you'll hear about that a little bit later, and for safety measures. And one of them is to put up Constantina wire. Well, me trying to rush it, I don't like wearing the proper gear. And Constantina wire has a special pair of gloves that you have to wear to kind of use it. And I used gloves, but I used the wrong kind of gloves. So got my hand kind of caught in between some of it. The razors weren't quite cutting the skin yet, but they were poking through. It was all knotted up. And me, I was just trying to yank it and pull it to kind of get it unknotted. And it snapped back and then wrapped around my arm. The Leatherman pulled it out of my pocket, started basically cutting myself free with, with the wire cutter tools and pulling it apart. It was, I still have a scar, which everybody actually asks me because it's a, a scar across my wrist. Hmm. Um, and it was literally like, seconds away from slicing my own wrist out of stupidity of getting my hand kind of caught in Constantina wire. And so basically I used that tool to cut myself free so I didn't 
kill myself with stupidity. Um, oh, and uh, and so that same tool I've carried around and I use it been there for me and so uh I'm going more tool tool on this one and that one's yep. uh, that kind of lifesaver. There's so many different models too. I I I've always, you know, I, it's one of those things that there's like a few of them in my Amazon oh, wish yeah. list because, yeah. <laughs> because like once you've got one, you you you've got a small one, you need a big one. You, you know, you need a medium-sized one. You need one with scissors. You need one with uh, pliers on it, like all these different things. So, yeah, very cool tool. I've got, I've got a, two or three of them myself. They're not that expensive either. No, no actually, they're they're really too. cheap. Yeah, I like that Skeletool version. It's like the lightweight, you know, really slim down version. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. That's all a right. Great that's a, that's an awesome one. Yeah. All right, well, let's take take a minute here and do our sponsor break. And you guys have heard of our cats. You heard them at the beginning. And they are continued sponsor of this show, and we really appreciate them. We're all busy. Sometimes we feel like we could use another hand to help out. And somebody who does CAD details for you, creates BIM objects for you, writes specs for you, and all for free, that's our cat. They're our RCAT. We use them all the time. They're an awesome tool. They are ArcaSpeak podcast favorite tool. That's for sure. So they've done all this work. You can search the RCAT libraries for CAD BIM, specs, documents, catalogs, videos, everything. All this content is created for you free of charge. No registration required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at RCAT.com, and on the side of each site, you can provide feedback. What do you want RCAT to do? You have a voice on their website, and they are listening. I encourage you guys to go to the site and tell them. If there's something that they are not doing that you want RCAT to be able to do, just tell them, and uh, Bill over there at RCAT is listening. There is a button on the right side of every page. Just make your suggestions, and you can help make it better. So thanks, Arcat, for sponsoring this episode of Arcaspeak. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Check them out today. And let's jump back into our favorite tools. All right, I'm going to jump in here with number two. I feel a little bad about this because, like, all mine have to do with <laughs> wires and batteries and crap and technology. Ooh. But I'm going to go with the iPad Pro with pencil because Cormac with your last Damn it, one you stole that from Neil that was his second one I knew I know it, that's why I've got to do it first here but you were it you, was you not were tugging I'm at kidding. my heartstrings with your with your real world like like real tool um, because I love that stuff too but this is one of those game changers I mean this is one of those things that if you haven't tried it I mean you've got to try it if you have tried it you probably know what I'm talking about it's like the ability to sketch and use apps like Morfolio Trace or ArchiSketch or there's a bunch of different, you know, there's Procreate, there's Adobe Sketches. Um, Apple Notes app with the pencil is just amazing. Evernote with the handwriting recognition, Notability, like all these things take advantage of the pencil and it's just freaking awesome. So it's there's there's so many things I could say about it. There's a lot that I won't say about it just because you just got to try it out. And now that they've got the iPad Pro with the 9.7 inch, it's a little bit easier to carry. I haven't tried that one myself. I have the the larger one, but it's just it's freaking awesome. It for the most part is a laptop replacement, 
unless you want to do real architecture. It's kind of like the iPhone. It just takes the place of so many things that your computer does or used to do now that you're using an iPad Pro. It's it's one of those uh, amazing things. And the pencil itself, I mean, this is really the game changer part of it. It's not just that I'm talking about iPads. It's like, I mean, you guys have used it. You know what I'm talking about. It's the fidelity, the way that the screen interacts with it. It's It's unbelievably good. And so it's one of those things where it's like, once you start using it, you know, I use the pencil for navigation on the iPad. I use it for a lot of drawing. I do a lot of handwritten notes on the iPad with it. And, you know, having the keyboard's nice, but the pencil by far is the killer part of this uh, setup. And so highly recommended. It's it's awesome. I use it every single day. I The apps are getting better and better and better new things available that we never thought of. So so I, ha- I had to pick that one because it's just so useful in an architect's daily life that I highly recommend it. And you can use Neil's favorite app, Pitch Please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Pitch Slap. <laughs> I, I thought of a new one. <laughs> uh, Evan, I, I have to second you on this one only because... Oh, you can't use it. Oh, no, 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 just, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to use it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you because one of the challenges I had since I got the very first iPad was trying to write on it. Now, there's been styluses that have worked for writing and, and uh, I've, I've had several, but the way I write, I write kind of sideways and left-handed and I write sideways and my, I drag the palm of my hand across the page yeah. when I write and... <clears throat> I have not ever found any app or stylus that will work right. Most of the writing apps uh, always had a an area towards the bottom of the page that they would ignore. And some of them had it a little bit on the sides, but nothing ever worked. I tried about six different apps one time, and I bought like four or five, some of which are now free. Um, but I bought them, and just none of them worked right. And so I gave up. And for five years, I never tried to write on an iPad again until I got the iPad Pro with the pencil. And now with that, every meeting I go to in the office, I take the iPad and I write, I handwrite all my notes. And when I'm done, I export it, throw it up on the server. Boom. There it is. All of my notes are handwritten. There's so many people in the office that they, they handwrite their notes. They never scan them. It's there's no record of anything. Yeah, they're gone I'm like, forever. What? They're gone forever, and it's like no. I with the iPad Pro and the pencil, I can handwrite finally on my iPad, and I use it for so many things. I'm just recently I'm working on a three different projects with a team of people, and we're on a very tight deadline. And I'm literally using a calendar, just a PDF of a calendar of the like the next three months, and I'm handwriting on the calendar, our schedule, and I'm updating it as, as we go. And then I just print it out and I keep it posted for all of us to see and to follow. And, and it's so much better than trying to either manually write on a calendar because you're having to erase it or, uh, trying to do some other sort of electronic calendaring. It's like, no, this was just something so simple and I can mark it up and use, uh, in fact, I'm using notability. So I'm changing pen colors for different tasks or different people. And it's just, I couldn't do any of this before the pencil. So I think you're right. The, you the could. It was just me, hard, right? Yeah. I, I could. Yeah, you could. But it was just difficult for me with the way I write. I mean, other people have had no problems with using other styluses, but it was just very difficult for me. And so much so that it wasn't worth the time and effort. 
Yeah, one of the things that I like about it when I was uh, putzing around with yours at the AIA convention was the, what is it, the palm rejection or whatever yeah. it's called that. Mm-hmm. It just um, doesn't exist, right? Like you don't have to worry yeah. about it. Nope. You know, when I've used the older iPads with just a standard stylus, I'm drawing, and as I'm drawing, and same problem, Neil, with the left-handed plague, that, you <laughs> That's know... what it looks it like just, when you guys are drawing, too. It yeah, you like just, it, just <laughs> it just drags across. No, I don't, I don't, I don't write like a normal left-handed person. No, you don't. I don't either, that, actually. That, that weird little crooked-over thing. Yeah, I don't do it, that It's either. because I honestly have no idea. I, I look at other left-handed people and i'm like how the hell can you write like that <laughs> i turn my paper sideways so do i so i do the same and then i just write straight the only thing that really sucks about anything is spiral binding which yeah is, i can't you know, write was, in a spiral bound notebook it's it's a, a weird sort of kind of right-handed torture to left-handed people um but <laughs> put that but spiral the on that the I, wrong side get it on the yeah. other side of the paper just but the one thing that <laughs> that's normally what it's I very do. Very insensitive of me. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. I, I kind of write backwards in right to left. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's how I use. Uh, instead of using like normal line paper, I'll use graph paper, and I'll write that way. Wow, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I, I just love the fact the palm rejection and when you're drawing and everything else, it, it does. It's not like dragging your hand through it, and it's not making other marks on there. And whenever I'm can grow up and buy myself one of those things then <laughs> then i then i'd like to use it too because uh I, I think that one of the things that also sucks about you know being left-handed and drawing the way i do is that if i'm drawing with pencil you know of course when i lift my hand up i've got you know from the tip of my pinky to the you know bottom of my palm is is completely covered in graphite yep so mm-hmm. yep <sighs> That's the one the, thing computer drafting fr- has been good for. <laughs> I exactly, have less lead right. poisoning on the side of my hand. All right. So uh, well, even I think after it's... that glowing review, Neil, yes, go for it. Your, uh, your number two. What my you got? number two. Okay. Well, it runs on batteries as well, but it is a, it is a real tool. Cormac, you'll be proud of me. So my second pick is the Bosch DLR-130 laser measuring tool. Oh, you guys, you are so architectural, you two. Uh, (laughs) Well, for a long time, uh, when I had to go measure a place uh, or measure, I mean, for, for seven years, I was on my own. And I did a lot of remodels, and so you have to to measure them. And I also did uh, some consulting for an interior designer, and so I'd go out and measure rooms and and uh, do simple little drawings for for their for their for her firm. And so, you know, somebody told me about one of these, and I checked it out, and I'm like, wow, they're not that expensive. And this particular DLR one thirty from Bosch that I have is is very low tech. Uh, some of the newer models or fancier ones now have Bluetooth and will sync up to uh, your iPad or an app on the iPad and actually enter the, the dimensions. And so I don't have anything that cool, but it, this just increased the speed and the accuracy of measuring existing houses or existing buildings just tenfold. It was so, so amazing. Before I started using one, it was always 
difficult to get uh, dimensions to close and you know because when you're measuring an existing building it, nothing ever is perfect once i got this i could i could snap dimensions uh three and four rooms across down a hallway and and it just it made my life so much easier so and it's uh, like it's like yeah. accurate within a sixteenth of an inch. We just got one of these at the oh, office too. Sixteenth, I think it's like two hundred and fifty-six. I mean, it's like crazy it's accurate. Awesome. And so, then you can like add add lengths together if you can't yep. shoot the whole thing in one go. And you can measure angles and all kinds of stuff that I never thought that these things could do. They'll do yeah. area. They'll do volume. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and and those functions I don't even use. I just yeah, kind of, right. like yeah. give me a straight line, and I just think this it's such a great tool for architects or anyone who needs to measure spaces it, to be accurate. It's just a great tool. So this this is my second choice. It really has been a, a an invaluable tool as an architect. That's very cool. Yep, that's a that's a good pick right there. Wow. All right, Cormac. Cormac is so stunned. <laughs> Number two. Okay, here comes the uh, second choice from the Luddite. All right. <laughs> so, my second choice requires no batteries nor anything else. It's something that is uh, used to hang on my dog tags, and now it hangs on my keychain right next to my dog tag. Apparently, when you said tools, I started to get incredibly nostalgic and started thinking about a tool that one i still carry two still use can't imagine myself without it you know literally every single day it, it thank you for keeping us grounded cormac i appreciate yeah, this it is the p38 or p51 mine just happens to be the p51 which one um, do you prefer the 51 the, the 51 Okay. Now, uh, we'll have a, a photo in our in our show notes. I just shot one off to uh, the guys. Um, and what is it? It is a can opener. Okay. That's right. what it is. Uh, P-51. You had me going there for a minute. It is a P-51 military-issued can opener. It's a small, it is about the size of half your finger, the P-51. And you swing the little thing open. There's a little blade. And it's got a little hook that hooks on the lip of a can, and you open it up. It also, because of the way that it's built, can act as a, a screwdriver, uh, which I've used it as many, many times. It can, the, the little blade that sticks out, most commonly used as a um, fingernail cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Thank you for that. Uh, Too much information. Hey, you know, it is. But I'll tell you what. This is again. I must. I must have been feeling very nostalgic because when we go camping, that's this how. That's why I still carry it to, uh, to this day. Because every time we get there, everybody brings all their canned goods, and they're like, you know, hey, uh, does somebody have a can opener? I just grab my keys, got the can opener, blows everybody's mind because they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> they look at it. It's just a a little piece of metal with looks like a little shark's tooth yeah um yeah i'm looking you know, on swim. amazon you can get at us let's see a four pack for six dollars and 31 cents i mean literally it's just a a can opener for your hand right um 
but again it's a, a multi-tool as well you know you can use it as a screwdriver you can use it as a pry you can use it out as all sorts of things and it's surprisingly strong for a teeny little piece of metal and it's so weird and so uncommon that people have those but uh, we used them to open up food when we were in the desert i still use it today when i'm camping I would say it's equally as much of a lifesaver when you're hungry as any as the uh, as the Leatherman was to try to get my hand out of a bunch of uh, barbed wire. So if if the Leatherman has a can opener, which can opener do you use? Because you're you're carrying both of these. It sounds like uh, I'm going to post a picture of the P51 and the P38 in the show notes, but I'm also going to um, provide a link. It's a YouTube video of a guy who's just like showing you how to use it and it's just quick and easy and you just look at it and you're like wow wow that's a great no-brainer nice and um you know it's just and that was and that's usually the one that i go to just the simple design of that p51 makes it so much easier to use it as a can opener than even the leatherman i can't Um, believe you have that many cans to open but i i guess i have to Hey, you know, if you're carrying food in a pack to go hiking or yeah. um, you're out in the middle of the desert and all you got is a um, a can of peaches and they forgot to open it up for you or anything else when they drop off your food, yep. got to do something. All right. It's, it, it's, it's, very, it's, it's a very it's cool either, tool. It's one of those timeless designs kind of a thing. Yeah, it's either that or use your bayonet. And uh, I've <laughs> I've had to do that a few times, too. Jeez. All right, so that is it for round two. Last round, okay? Round three. Let's let's jump through these. So so the last one that I've got is again kind of something with electronics in it. But <laughs> this is one of the coolest things that I have messed with in a long time. And so I had to include it on the list because it was just this thing has blown me away over the last few weeks that I've been using it. And it is the Vive VR headset that is a collaboration between Steam and HTC. A lot of people call it the HTC Vive, and I'm 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 doing a, a friend of mine proud here because he he continuously he's my my comrade at work here who we've been doing this together with, and and he points out to everybody HTC just makes the hardware. They don't they're, they they just got lucky they got to put their brand on it, but really it's the software that powers this thing that makes it so freaking amazing. And fun to use. Um, I've had the pleasure of putting clients and coworkers and family into this headset. And you guys, we all got to play with it when we were at the AIA convention and uh, kind of get the, our first taste of this thing. So now they're readily available. You can literally order these and have them in the same week. You can throw Revit models in. You can throw SketchUp models in. You can throw in OBJ files from your favorite 3D modeling program. And it just works. Uh, there is free software out there right now that just translate that file and puts you in it, and you are walking through your designs. And it is freaking amazing to be inside your design and use it as a design tool to say, what is it like to be in this space? What's the scale feel like? What's the daylighting feel like? You can actually adjust the time of day and see what the, the shade and shadow is doing. You can sit on a piece of furniture if you have a chair in the room with you and you can feel what it would be like to sit in a classroom you've designed everything is is right there and it feels like you can just reach out and touch it and i've never seen it well i have seen it before but the the best examples of watching people who are in their 60s turn into little kids right in front of your eyes this is one of those tools that just 
lights people up. Super excited. And a lot of people don't want to try it because they feel like they're going to get motion sick or they're really sensitive to that kind of thing. And I have to say that I've been really blown away with people who are incredibly motion sensitive not have any problems with this thing. So that's a, a huge plus because they are able to get the frame rate so fast and it's so like realistic once you're in it as far as the motion goes that people just feel like they're there and they don't have to worry about motion sick in it. So super cool. And then there's just all these other apps. There's this whole new world opening up with the Google Tilt Brush. There's like a Star Wars Tatooine adventure. There's there's you can walk on a on a ridge across Everest. There's this new video game that came out where you're like on Everest and, and holy crap, it's like the coolest thing that that you can experience and you take these things off and you forget that you weren't actually there. You forget that you're in some room in your office or in your house. And it's like <laughs> you got to come back to reality all of a sudden out of the virtual reality and uh so it's not only is it just like this amazing, cool tech, but it is incredibly useful as a as a design tool for architects. I mean, there's tons of companies out there scrambling to figure out how to make these things useful for people, and they're doing it. They're actually delivering. And right now, there's so much like venture capital money being thrown at these things for people kind of positioning themselves to become the next big thing. It's just a playground right now that doesn't cost hardly anything. I mean, the Vive itself is 800 bucks. You need about a $2,500 gaming computer to run it really well on. So for that much money, you're in it, and that's it. Like, the software right now is free. Um, it won't be forever, but for right now it is. And so, like, it's just amazing thing. Really been blown away by it, so I had to throw it on the list. Super high-tech. The opposite the, of the P51 can opener. Yeah. The, you cannot uh, open cans with it. The you could <laughs> virtually, <laughs> virtually you could virtual cans, you, you, yes, you virtual could cans. virtual kids, yeah. It is incredible. It, it's so fun to get in there. I mean, I can't wait to put my kids in that. I think they're just going to have a blast. I mean, and it's not just like it's a thing for kids. I just mean because I have this incredible oh, yeah. artist in in one of my kids, and I cannot wait to get him in there. And actually, I can't use wait it. to see the Godzilla. Picture. I know there's going to be giant Godzilla <laughs> with plasma breath coming. I mean, it's going to be oh, it's epic. Gonna be, yeah, and he's going to animate it, and yep. it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I mean the the huge advantage to me that the Vive has over the Oculus Rift, which is kind of the other really popular one, is that you actually have a virtual a, a space that you physically get to walk around in that is represented then virtually inside the goggles. So with your own feet. You're walking around a space, and, and so you can use the hand controllers to kind of teleport longer distances. But if you just want to move around, you use your body, and you're not using a gaming controller. So, like, if you're sitting at your desk and you're developing architectural projects, the Rift could be, like, a super cool way in tight spaces to actually uh, experience space. But the Vive gets you up out of your chair. You're walking around. You are looking like like I walk up to a guardrail and look over and, and you feel it in your stomach that you are there. <laughs> and your body says, don't step over. And it's amazing. I mean, because the fidelity of the image is not photorealistic, but it's enough to be really convincing. And so it's one of those things where, you know, don't mock it till you try it. You got to try it. But I, like I said, the, you we put... 60-year-old-plus people in this thing, and we put really young kids in this thing, and everybody gets it. And if you if you YouTube it, I'll put a link in the show notes, but there's um, there's a video, um, I'm going to look it up right now, but it's like the elderly experience, uh, react to HTC's Vive. It is so funny. These 
people are awesome. They're so excited to try it out. And and it's just one of those things where it shows you the potential. If they get it, like this is a, a real thing. This is not a flash in the pan for, for this year. This is the year for VR. And, and this is one of those things that's made me a believer in that. It's, it's really funny and really useful. Getting closer to uh, my dreams of that Minority Report type computer. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I, I mean... When we saw it at the AIA convention, sure, they're just scratching the surface. But, I mean, God. It's the, going the, so fast. It's just it amazing. is. Yeah. And it's going to go like wildfire. And, and you know, we keep saying, oh, 10 years from now, it's going to, no, five years, two years. No, yeah, no. Know. Next generation is going to be amazing. I mean, and, oh, and yeah. I have to I have to give a shout out to to the, the people over at Iris VR, George and Shane and it's it, they are doing I, I talked to them on the phone the other day and they're they're doing some amazing stuff and they're just open to hearing everybody's thoughts reactions what are you going to do in this situation you know there's all kinds of things that nobody had to think about that now they are and uh iris you know if you if you head over to iris vr's website you can download their software you can drop your sketchup model on it and boom you're inside your model it's it's super cool so Highly recommended, super cool stuff. I don't know how to follow on that one. There's, there's no. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where you've already got your pick. You just say it now. I uh, yeah. No, <laughs> it, I I wanted to just throw in my two cents there. I didn't get yeah. to try the full Vive experience that you guys had. I had to use the the controller because there were other people using the other um, the other devices. Evan, what? What? You no, 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 no. The damn thing. I was hogging it. He was hogging it. Well, maybe so, but not when I was there. But anyway, it it was an amazing experience. And I have tried Oculus as well. And, and uh, there definitely, there is something there, there when it comes to the, the this current generation of VR and and where it'll go in the next two or three years is uh, is going to become an integral part, I think, of bringing this back to a little bit of architecture reality here. It's it's going to be something that every firm's going to be investing in and showing off. I think the, the challenge will be how do we expand this to show to um, planning commissions and review boards so that they can experience these spaces in, in ways that... Uh, that can help you get your building approved, right? It just gets your gears turning. There are so many applications oh, yeah. for this. I mean, you start thinking about CA, pre-CA. You start thinking about having a contractor walk through your project to show them design intent. Yeah. Like you, there's so many ways that this applies to so what we do, is, besides just play next, video games. <laughs> yeah, but this is the next step into getting the model actually used in construction rather than yeah. the 2d prints model yeah. based because yeah yeah because now you're going to start to say well you know first of all now you actually have something to be able to view it and you know move around in it and kind of see just the simple things of the of what a vr can do trying to see clash detection and things like you're like walking oh that duct work shouldn't be there because right. it's uh it's poking two feet too low you know yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. You know, and those are the things that I see are going to are going to be kind of like the, the yeah, yeah the, the practical uses that are going to be like some of the the things that we really sell. And so you're sold on it because that's what, you know, one of the things that you kind of help create um, within your firm mm -hmm. is, you know, the the vision of the building. And so you don't really need that much convincing, but the 
you know, either the higher ups or well, I'm a, I'm know, an early people. adopter too, so yeah, it is easier it, to convince me. <laughs> exactly, but I mean, so you know, when you've got like the little curmudgeon PMs or other principals that have been around for a while and don't see the value of it, when you start to show them it as a productivity tool, that's when they start to see the value of it, and then they're like, oh, we need to be, you know, let's get them for everybody, and you know, maybe it doesn't go that to that extreme. Then they start to see the value. Then they start to adopt, and then it starts to become something a little bit more mainstream within the within firms. Yeah. And once other people start to adopt them and see it, then it starts the daisy chain down the rest of the profession. Yeah, and I'm I'm really happy that I mean because of some very key people and us working together in, in our company, we have not waited to react to this. We've we've jumped on it. We had some early opportunities here to do some really cool stuff. And just just gauging everybody's interest, whoever walks by and and wants to experience this and then the it's just like it's spreading like wildfire. Um, it's been incredibly positive. It's one of those things where it's just taking off within our office, and it's not going to be long until we want to get more of them in the in the office and and outfit all of our offices with these. Because, I mean, it's it in the big picture, these are not uh, unaffordable things. I mean, they are very easy to obtain. They do not cost a lot of money. So, it's it's pretty cool, and it's it's almost dead simple to use which makes it very easy to actually make a a small commitment to get into these things and use them and you can find all kinds of actual practical uses within your day-to-day duties that you've got to do you've got to sell stuff to clients you've got to explore your designs you want to make sure you're not hitting on clash detection problems there's all kinds of real world uses for these every single day it's it's really cool so that's my that's my number three i'll shut up now Oh, that that's another great pick. But so how do, how do I follow that one? Well, when I was trying to figure out, well, okay, what was going to be my third, third item? I tried to base this on what is, what are the things that I, that is most useful to me and that I use virtually every day. And one of the tools that I use is this one's not even something you can touch, but it's something that I use uh, all the time and, and we use it to help in the production of this show and that's Dropbox. The Dropbox <sighs> service. Uh, you're, I thought you were going to go for Rogaine. <laughs> hey, I have a full head of hair, man. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you know, you talk about your own personal problems here. Uh, but <laughs> getting back to the to <laughs> Dropbox here, uh, Dropbox is such a useful tool for me, uh, especially when I was uh, on my own and had my, had my own practice, um, and even you know it, without having my own practice, it's it's one of the tools we use in our production of this show. We upload our audio files to that. We upload any graphics we're using, our business communication, or not necessarily communication, but you know files all go through Dropbox because we're all in three different locations. None of us has to have a server that's local uh, to any one of us. And it's just such a useful tool in that sense. But as a practicing architect, what I enjoyed was that all of the files for my business can be online, essentially. And with that, I can access them from anywhere, from any device, 
And in addition that um, I can also share those files. So it makes it really simple to go ahead and, and share different files with either consultants. I can, you know, just share a folder with them and they have access to files that are probably too, that are all, you know, sometimes too large to even bother emailing or would just take too long. It's like, here, here's the link to this file. Boom, you can save it. And in addition, like there, there was a camping trip that we took um, with my son's school last year. And during the camping trip, you know, a number of the different uh, parents took photos. We actually just shared all those photos using Dropbox, took pictures of their kids with them and vice versa. And we just had a shared Dropbox or, you know, folder. We uploaded the photos. We could all access them. So there's there's other ways to do some of these things. But I think for, for me, Dropbox has been just that one tool that's done enough of these different things to keep me from say trying to use this service or that service or this service or that tool it's like nope this one tool does them all yeah and i think one thing that kind of keeps everybody using dropbox because it does seem like everybody's using it i mean there are other cloud-based services out there OneDrive and google drive and box.net and all the different ones i mean it's it's just ubiquitous everybody's got a dropbox and that's what makes it the thing to use, right? It's not just that I rely on it. It's that it's so easy to share. And yeah. what what keeps blowing me away is all of the other integrations that keep showing up with this thing so that all of my iOS apps just work with Dropbox. I mean, that's always kind of yeah. the default cloud service that they work with. They don't even necessarily work with Apple's own iCloud, but they use Dropbox. That's really where the utility of it comes in super handy. You can save stuff to Dropbox on your phone now. You can save stuff to Dropbox from your iPad. You can do it on your computer. You can pull files down from any location. So it's one of those ubiquitous things that it's it's kind of like the iPhone itself. It's like how did we how did we do anything without this? Um, and and just the ability to be able to roll back files if you accidentally delete something. Or if you want to go back two versions, they're on there. I mean, it's stuff that people don't even potentially know about exists on Dropbox, but it's right there. Very cool stuff. Yeah, and totally worth the, you know, essentially I had, I don't know, maybe three and a half gigabytes of space uh, for free, but trying to run all of the things that we, that I do and then we do for the, for the show, I ended up just spending the money for it. And I think it's a hundred dollars a year, but it's one terabyte and I'm nowhere close to filling that. Yeah. You just put everything on there, right? I think that's one of the other things that we never really saw coming was just how we just start saving every file there because of the redundant backup and the safeguards that are built into it. And how easy is it now to move to a new computer when you keep all your documents in the cloud? Yeah. Right. You don't have to worry about migrating all that stuff and sorting through it. It just stays right where it was. You don't have to touch it. Yeah. When you, you mentioned uh, app app different apps using it, I know one of the other tools that didn't make my list but is a very useful tool is uh, one called Text Expander. And all of my little expandable snippets are saved on Dropbox, and that synchronizes uh, through Dropbox. And so whichever of my computers I'm using, um, it's always synchronized. This is so great. I I don't know. It's just um, when I was searching for another tool that I use, something that's so useful for me, I I just I had to throw Dropbox in as my third choice. I'm glad you picked a couple of software picks there because, I mean, obviously those are some of the tools that are my favorites, too, and we use them every day, but they didn't make my list. So I'm glad that you had a couple. I'm taking care of you, Evan. 
Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. All right, Cormac, ground us, ground us again. Bring us back to you some, some, some solid army <laughs> tools. <laughs> you two suck. You suck too. How about that? I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Can you seriously be any more of a bunch of geeks with this whole <laughs> architecture? Let me have some tools that are practical to the profession and make me look like, you know, I a just... Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're uh, welcome. Geez. You're welcome. And I like I, me my Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I mean, my favorite tool is technology and things that help us with our daily use. And Cormac's going to come up with some jackass thing to do. <laughs> uh, I want you guys to guess, try to guess what I'm going to throw out next. See if see if you're even remotely close. I have no idea. It's a multi-tool, again, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's it's something interesting. So, say for instance, you are so you're, you're you're faced with a bayonet attack, you know, because <laughs> we often are. You know, if we go to uh, hey, we're architects, of course. We go yes. out to the construction site. You know, you never know what's going to happen, and. Uh, <laughs> And so, this has been a. T- this has I don't been know if that's t- in my architectural toolkit. No? <laughs> defense for a bayonet attack on the job site. Oh, well, see, you know, that's the problem is you need it. You need it to be. I am not a Boy Scout. Okay, so well, you, Boy you... Scout me up here. All right. Tell me so what I need. What you need is the trifold entrenching tool. What is an the entrenching what? tool, you ask? That, that's oh I know exactly what, the, picture that's of what it. you're supposed to ask is what's an entrenching what tool? What is an entrenching tool, Cormac? <laughs> an entrenching tool is a shovel, but it's not just a shovel. It's a tri-folding shovel. Now, so this is, okay, so I, I picked, again. This for burying your shit in the ground? It's a shovel. It's sure, sure, yeah. It, it's it's multi. That's a use. It's, it's multifunctional. Okay. I, I, I had one of these, too. I, I, I think I know where you're going with this. As far as the multi-tool aspect, so it's got like a saw blade on one. It's, edge got, of the shovel. it's got a saw blade on one edge. It has it's sharp on the other edge, so it could be used as a knife. I'm gonna, I'm or like a hatchet or a hatchet. You can you can basically fold it in a third, and I'm I'm gonna put a link to. There's this one. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like I've posted all of these as a survivalist to be there yes. worried about or the zombie apocalypse or something. Oh, you're a ray of sunshine tonight. <laughs> but uh but you know, these are these were the things that when he said when uh, Evan threw out their tools, I started thinking about what are the tool what are the tools that I've used? I mean and like I said earlier, you know, I could have I could have gone with all of the tools that he used to when I was working um when he used to rebuild old little British cars and stuff like that. And um those would have been great, but those were tools that I used in my past. And these are tools that I've not only used in my past, but these are things that have stuck with me throughout my entire life and things that I still use today. When I go to Neil, when you went camping with all of your uh, yuppie parents and stuff like that, you you were pulling out your, your cameras and taking pictures and uploading them to Dropbox. Well, I'm using my entrenching tool to dig trenches, um, to help 
set up tents to chop wood um, and fight off bayonet <laughs> fight off bayonet attacks you know? thank you I mean, for the how-to instructions these are great uh yeah well i just uh sent a couple of things and there's a, a couple of little how-to's on how you use a folded entrenching tool to defend yourself against an attack with a bayonet, you know? and, because it will go exactly like this yeah. exactly oh you know how many my t- goodness honestly though you know how many times we train to do that though it, it's amazing that a lot of times you know when i'm playing around with my kid he'll like you know have some tool or something like that and be charging after me and i'll block it and defend it and and it's almost an instinctual kind of the same thing as what we've got going on here with these little tutorials for uh how to defend yourself against a bayonet attack so i'm just saying that you know if things go horribly wrong within the office i'm gonna be the guy that's gonna be getting it myself out alive Everybody else is going to be burning in some kind of crazy uh, architectural firm gone crazy attack scenario, and I'm out the door. And and Cormac is loading up on the canned foods because he can open every one. I've got canned (laughs) foods. I've got tools. If If you think about it, the three tools that I presented are three. the only three tools that I would need to basically survive because I can use my entrenching tool to make um, a toilet. I can I can chop down wood and build myself you can a shelter. Kill somebody with it or kill I an can, animal. I and, could kill an you know? animal, start a fire with and, and cook with. I mean, the entrenching tool. What's uh, what was funny about that is that Love I used it, the entrenching tool. I used to. That's awesome. Double speak, man. I tell you. I used, Total Orwellian there. I used to uh, use that as a bench, so you kind of flip the thing down, and um, you can sit, you know, use it as a uh, as a little bench. Um, and again, I'll uh, I'll post those in the show notes. Uh, a nice little video. It's got ten ten different ways that you can use the um, the entrenching tool. And it was funny as you know, this is just some little. It's a kid. I think he's a survivalist or something like that. But, you know, the interesting thing about it is, is that he actually has used it in almost every way that even the army manual says, this is how you use an entrenching tool. And the, uh, the clips, the, the, um, figures that I'm going to post in the show notes of how to defend yourself, um, from a bayonet attack. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) I love it. I mean, only I would think of this. It's honestly yeah. well, only I mean, you. You guys, you guys are talking about, um, you know, how to use an iPad. Well, just think about it. If you guys attacked me with an iPad, dude, you're done. I'm taking my, <laughs> I'm taking my entrenching tool and taking you guys out. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, well, maybe I know. can blind you with my laser tool. <laughs> no, I might have a chance. Well, you could just pitch slap him. I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone off the rails now. Yes. See, you asked for tools. I gave you tools. You guys did the whole practical thing. And uh, uh, we're, 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 we're getting out more... of the zombie apocalypse. That's all. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're surviving. all right so let's uh let's let's wrap this one up by uh, first thanking our sponsor our cat check them out and all the features that they offer and videos and specs and everything you need there 
A-R-C-A-T dot com. And they are Arcaspeak's favorite tool, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like to uh, find some links to our catalog of episodes, check out the website, arcaspeakpodcast.com there. You can also sign up for our newsletter that includes all the links to everything we talked about tonight, including some things you probably don't want. But <laughs> you mean like entrenching tools and can openers and leather mints? Everybody needs that stuff. The things that you need, yes. So sign up for the newsletter so you can get the notification for that and all of the links. You can also find those links in our show notes on the website. And between the episodes, please join us in our conversations about our most special tools by leaving the comments at arcaspeakpodcast.com or over on our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter with your favorite tools. All the links can be found by visiting the site at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And thanks everyone for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Start now, or you can hang your head in despair. The only road will take you there. They may tell you that you'll never recover, baby. I've learned one thing or another about you. It's the only road to get you there. And if they don't. Some like to hug, some leave a bro, so stop me. <laughs>